Hi everyone, welcome to Shaman Soup. My name is Kim McLaughlin and I am a shamanic practitioner practicing in North Ayrshire, Scotland. And today I want to talk to you about power animals. We're going to cover some of the main questions that I tend to get in my practice. You know, does everyone have a power animal? What is it? What does it mean? How do we get one if we don't have one? And if we do have one, what do we do with it? So I'll just jump right in there. So the first question, of course, is does everyone have a power animal? And yeah, I think so. My understanding is that we are generally born with a power animal, although sometimes we're not quite sure what that power animal is, and it can take going to see a shamanic practitioner or perhaps a traditional healer, depending on the culture that you're from, to find out what your power animal is. And in some cultures, of course, it's called a spirit animal. It just depends. There are some cultures that believe that throughout our lives we can lose our power animal and a loss of a power animal is part of the reasons that we can have uh, trouble in our lives, we can have illnesses and all sorts of challenges. I'm not so sure about that. Those aren't my teachings, but I do acknowledge that I, I do think that that can happen under some circumstances. But to answer the question, yes, I believe that everybody is born with a power animal, that we are assigned a power animal. So then it begs the question of, okay, well, well, what really is a power animal then? Because if it's a lifelong guardian, people will often ask, well, is my power animal an angel? Is it a guardian spirit? And on the angel question, I think that they work very similarly. Are they angels? Well, in my teachings, no, they're not. But I know that some people do see them as synonymous. The way I was taught about power animals is that power animals, they are guardians. They do walk with us. So, you know, when we walk, they walk. When we eat, they eat. They're always with us by our sides from the time that we are young, protecting us, guiding us. When we have a strong intuition about something, the elders will say that this is our spirit guides, our spirit animals in that culture, whispering in our ear. And this I absolutely believe. I think this is the number one way that we communicate with our power animals is by listening to our intuition and trusting it. But it is, it is interesting. I get this question a lot actually from children. Uh, one of the things that I think it is lovely to do with a child, of course, is power animal retrieval. Um, and the reason for it is that power animal retrieval, rather than being this, you know, dark, difficult, intense ceremony, is actually such a beautiful, positive, and empowering ceremony. And, you know, for a young person, or really anybody of any age, to understand that they have this spiritual support and they do have a spirit or spirits who are watching out for them. Perhaps if they're from an indigenous community, the traditional healer is able to find out the name that these spirits use for them. Just understanding that we are seen on this level can be so empowering. And it can be, there, there's a sense of acceptance around it as well. And I think for a, a young person, this can help to support and inform things like identity, uh, self-confidence, self-love, and just an understanding of our own sacredness. So for me, the earlier that can happen in someone's life, the better. But children will often ask me, well, 
what is this power animal? Is it really that animal? Is it a ghost? Is it a spirit? Not that children tend to understand the difference. And my answer is, is it depends. No, no fast answers in shamanism, but it really does depend. So there are times that our power animal might actually be the spirit of, of an animal that we have had an interaction with. And of course that animal has since passed and it's passed over, it's gone to the spirit world and now it comes back from the spirit world to help us, to guide us and to support us. You know, an example of this is uh, one of the spirits that I work with. My first power animal, my, my first is um, a spirit that I interacted with when I was about 10 years old. And when I had my own spiritual awakening, about 15 years ago now, this spirit came to me in a dream. And at the time, I had no, I, I'd never made that connection. It took me almost a decade before I had the wherewithal to ask this power animal of mine, hey, why did you choose me? And it showed me that day in the back fields of Tottenham, Ontario, where I grew up, and the interaction I had with this animal. And it turns out that the spirit animal was that animal. So for sure, it can be an actual spirit of an animal, but oftentimes too, a power animal, it's like it's, it's pure spirit that embodies a certain form. And that form has something to teach us. I think that snake is always a nice example. You know, for someone who is gregarious and, and out there, perhaps if a snake shows up to them, that snake may represent something to them, a teaching or a way of being that is relevant to them in their lives, right? So in this case, it could be something around, say, grounding or slow transformation. So it really just depends. And the only way that we can really know, well, there's two ways. One, there are times where I will fetch a power animal and bring it back for a client and the client will know exactly why that power animal came to them. Oh, right, that's an animal that I interacted with when I was you know, in Mexico doing X, Y, Z. Wow, I'm so happy that that animal has come to support me. Or sometimes the person will say, oh yeah, I knew it was that animal because if you go into my house, I have 45 posters or pictures of that animal or I have a collection of figurines of that animal or I've been obsessed with that animal since I was 10 years old. So they, they know again, you know, they've always had an affinity with this animal. And when it's not quite so obvious, the only way that we can really know um, outside of trusting our own instinct is to ask the animal itself. Why did you choose me? And then, you know, like in the first case with me, the animal will say, hey, don't you remember me? This is what happened. And at which case, okay, so this spirit really was that animal in, a, in, in one of its lives. Or this spirit, sometimes when we ask this power animal, the power animal may have a very different answer. I'm here because I want you to think about how you interact with your family, at which point then it's up to that client to look at that power animal and really think about that power animal. What teachings does the power animal bring to their lives? How is how that animal lives in this world relevant to how the client lives, right? And in this case, I was taught that we want to look at things like, how does the animal, what is its habitat? 
How does it hunt? What are its family relationships? How does it mate? How does it rear its young? What does it eat? What are its characteristics? What can we as a person learn from how that animal is? And that is the lesson that at, at whatever point in our lives that the, the power animal shows up, those are the lessons that are going to be relevant. You know, so I, I've kind of covered this, but then there's that idea of what does your power animal mean? What is the significance of your power animal? This is like number one question all the time. And I get, you know, look guys, your power animal is not a horoscope, okay? It's not the same for everybody. And therefore, buying books or going on a website, what does having a snake as a power animal mean? Yes, it's very entertaining. It's interesting. And we all do it because it is entertaining and interesting. But please, for the love of all things sacred, what your power animal means to you is going to be unique to you. Maybe there'll be similarities with what Ted Andrews wrote in Animal Speak, because believe me, I know, y'all know, either you've got Animal Speak or y'all know someone who does, okay? And you're all checking Animal Speak to see what your power animal means. You guys, close the book. Close the book. While there are, I think, what I've seen, some similarities with how some power animals behave, that usually will have to do with that animal in the real world. You know, a lynx is shy and elusive. Polar bears maybe are kind of aloof. Uh, eagles tend to be proud. Um, otters are playful, etc. This is, oh my gosh, it's not even scratching the surface of the significance of what this animal can mean in your life. And the only way to find that out is first of all, forget about all your expectations of what this animal may mean to you. Forget about your expectations of anything that may happen to you in the world of the spirits because the experiences we have with our spirits are so unique to us. The spirits know how to communicate to us. They understand the, the lens through which we are going to interpret our experiences. And so they create those experiences to speak to that. And of course, the way I may see, say, I don't know, a, a tiger power animal, right? How I may interpret a tiger, what that tiger means in my life, what it has meant in my life, given my experiences, is going to be completely different to what that tiger may mean to my best friend who has a completely different set of experiences, a completely different lens by which she views the world. And this is what is relevant. When we read these books, for the most part, these books are based on one person, and it might be a very talented person, don't get me wrong, but one person who has gone to their spirit guides and said, okay guys, what does a tiger power animal mean? What does a snake power animal mean? And the spirits, you know, if I ask the spirits that question, they're going to answer that question based on my interpretation of the world, right? So what those things mean to me are totally different and you just cannot generalize it. That's what that animal is going to mean to everybody else. So you guys, you know, if I could write a book on what does your power animal mean, it would be a one-page book. In fact, it would be one sentence that would say, close the book and ask your animal yourself. The end.
So how do we ask our animals? How do we, if we know what our power animal is, you know, perhaps we have dreamt about it. Perhaps we have asked a shamanic practitioner about it. Maybe if we're from an indigenous culture, we have asked a traditional healer about it. Or maybe we've just been one of those blessed people who have always known the animal that they work with and have never questioned it. Well, number one is to trust all of those experiences. Trust them all. Trust your instinct. If you go see even a practitioner and the practitioner says, well, your power animal says, but every fiber of your being is saying, mm, maybe not. I would say, trust that as well. I wouldn't doubt, it's funny, I wouldn't doubt what the practitioner is saying. I, I really wouldn't. There's truth in everything, provided they're a good practitioner and they're reputable and you have confidence that the person that you are talking to walks with spirit. It may be that there's more than one animal. It may be that the way that this information is being presented to you has something to teach you. So, you know, I would say hold back on the judgment if you're not quite sure. But if but if if it's coming from you, whatever's coming from you, always trust that. Spirituality is meant to be empowering. It is meant to help us embrace our authenticity, the truest, most powerful, most honest versions of ourselves. That's what I believe spirituality is all about. That's where our healing lies. And so always trust yourself. Always trust your experiences. So many clients come to me and they'll say, oh, I don't have spiritual experiences. I feel so disconnected from my spirituality. And then two minutes later, they'll tell me this incredible story of when they were walking on the land and they had an encounter with a beautiful animal and how it made them feel and how it grounded them or how it gave them a sense of maybe being visited by an ancestor or a relative or and i i look at that person like you you know that that's a spiritual experience right oh is it of course it is and it's beautiful and it's powerful and it's yours and you had that experience so trust it all right i've completely digressed so where was i what does your power animal mean okay i think i said enough about that so the final thing that i want to talk about is once we have a sense of awareness about our power animals how do we honor it how do we start to develop that relationship or further that relationship and deepen it and strengthen it and there's a number of ways we can do this i mean certainly there is training around how we do this but i think that for most people there are some very simple things that we can do to honor these relationships and to show gratitude for our power animals, for showing up, for supporting us in our lives, for protecting us. So one of the things I always will tell my, my clients is that we can make offerings, we can feed our power animals. And so what that may look like is, um, okay, every power animal is different and every power animal generally will give a very different set of instructions for how it wishes to be honored. But even knowing to ask that question is important right then and there, right? Putting out that intention of, okay, I am aware of you. I want to honor you. 
I am aware of the role that you play in my life. Thank you for that. Generally, depending on the kind of animal it is, sometimes one thing that we may do is we may look at what does that animal generally eat? Now, obviously, this is going to be easier for some animals than for others. But if it is something that's maybe a little bit easier, so for example, a bear eats salmon, then we can make offerings of that food, perhaps with the turn of the season, or perhaps um, when we feel that we need a little extra TLC, or perhaps when we just want to honor our animal for supporting us. Um, so, you know, uh, another offering that we can make are things like water, milk. So if we want to get off the idea of food stuff, then we can offer up, of course, the traditional North American offering, uh, as in Canada and the States at least, would be tobacco, medicines, right? So, so herbs. I have made offerings of flowers. For some certain spirits, I make offerings of whatever I'm asked for, quite, quite honestly. I've worked with clients where their power animals did ask for things that were a little bit more complex. Sometimes there's a ceremony that we're given to do to honor them, at which point the power animal will be very, very specific about how it wants us to honor them. But I think the vast majority of power animals, you know, it's usually a little simpler. I don't think our power animals are, are helping spirits. They're not trying to complicate our lives or to make things difficult or to put us in danger in any way. So the ways in which we're asked to honor them are ways that are doable for us. And if there, if there is a complexity to how we're being asked to honor them, again, generally there's something else in there that we need to learn. And this is one way that our power animal is choosing to teach us. And it's worth you know, it's worth taking a look at that and going a little bit beyond the surface of why are we being asked to do what we do. But still, if you are being asked to do something, for the most part, provided it's safe for you, right? It's not going to hurt anybody. It's, it's healthy. It's going to add to your life. Then do it. Absolutely do it. There's nothing to be lost and everything to be gained in trusting the information that we get from our, our spirit guides, from our power animals. And I think that is probably a very nice spot to leave this podcast. So uh, everyone, thank you so much for listening. If you want to find out more about your spirituality or about what I do, please visit my website at www.cedarlighthealing.com. Again, I'm based in North Ayrshire, Scotland, and hurrah, I'm finally allowed to see people in person, which is terribly exciting. So if you have any questions about spirituality, anything you wish to share, or you do want to book an appointment or something like that, then by all means, reach out to me via email. My email is just cedarlighthealing at gmail.com, and I'd love to have a conversation. Everyone, make good choices and have a wonderful day. Thank you.